0: Welcome to Just Saying, a podcast produced by and recorded at Tri-State Worship Center. Now, here are your hosts, Allison Gardner and Pastor Terry Wagner.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Just Saying podcast. I'm Allison Gardner, and I'm here with P.T. He's so ready to say something. Hey, Allison.
2: How are you? (laughs) He was turning red. Tyler (laughs) was holding me back from interrupting you.
1: Yes, (laughs) yes. Good job. I'm doing good. How are you?
2: Well, you know, it's Monday today. I don't know today. when this is going to come out. It'll
1: probably come out on another Monday. I mean, we but usually do.
2: Mondays, Tuesdays. Tuesdays.
1: Tuesdays. Oh, yes. Yeah, you're right.
2: So I'm fine.
1: I'm fine, too. How are you, Tyler?
2: <laughs> I'm good. Good? Thank you for asking. You're welcome. The sound um, magician.
1: Magician.
2: Did I say muh? Yeah. I did.
1: So, um... This season, season three, we're wrapping it up today, guys. Wow. We're finishing it up. not that crazy? Yeah, it really is. It really is. Uh,
0: time flies.
1: When you're having a great time. When you're having fun, too.
0: Great time. <laughs> great
1: time.
2: Great times. Great
1: time. But um, I really enjoyed this season, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, it's been
2: interesting. It, it has. A challenge. It's been a challenge.
1: Yes. But a good one. Yes. A rewarding one. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, this season we've been talking about the family, the fam. The fam. um, Squad. We covered all the basics, really, um, and got into some interesting conversations. And so this today, uh, almost said this week. It is with this week because we come out with weekly episodes. So. This week
0: we're talking about extended family <laughs> and the in-laws. <laughs> Just kidding. You
1: know that would be an you interesting know, episode too. It
2: would. You know the difference between in-laws and outlaws. Uh oh, what's that? Outlaws are wanted.
1: <laughs> you can put in a
0: little symbol crash wow. right there. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. First Sean Johnson when you need him. Oh, <laughs> oh that's good.
1: You know, That's I good. just realized that Sean has the same name as the famous gymnast, yeah. Sean Johnson. Yep, That's, That's insane.
0: Who is a, a female? Yeah. You are, I was going <laughs> to say, yeah, Sean's
2: not a uh, female.
1: I, yeah, but like I ju- that just clicked in my head. That's really Random
2: cool. Random thoughts from Random Allison thoughts. Gardner. <laughs>
1: Sorry about that.
2: <laughs> Any other names just pop in your head right now while we're recording this podcast?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> um. But uh, this week, this, this episode, <laughs> we are uh, wrapping it up uh, as we do with every season mm-hmm. with a lightning round. Yes. Yeah. That was cool.
2: a, uh, sound effects by uh, justsam.tswcsoundeffects.com. Facts. Facts. Got to get that merch.
1: Yes. But if you're new to the podcast, the lightning round is. First of all, where have
0: you been? Yeah. We're in season three. Yeah. So you're late.
1: Welcome. But welcome. Yes. Yes.
0: But also. Where have you been? Where? where have
1: you been? Yeah.
0: But first welcome.
1: But first welcome.
0: <laughs> We're so glad you've joined
1: us. Now where have you been? No. We love you. Um, so the But what's lo- wrong with you? <laughs> 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 We're just
0: gonna see oh, we gonna are we going to, we, we have to we start can, over? Like, <laughs> drag this out.
1: Oh, man, what an intro. So, if you're new here, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> the lightning round is where um, we have compiled uh, a list of listener questions. Uh, sent in by. And if they you all? had
2: been listening prior to today, they could have sent a question in. That's true. True. It's true.
1: We have we have mentioned it every episode. Yes. I'm sure to. Where have they been? Had, you Where had your you, chance. Yes. <laughs> Try again next time. Um, but but uh, you know this this lightning round does have uh, quite a few questions about the family, but it's not necessarily all on the family. Really, we just like to like To have listener input on things that people want answered because yeah. I think a lot of the times it could be us just talking about things that I want to talk about and not things that right. everybody else wants to answering talk about.
2: questions that nobody's answering, yeah, yeah, or, or wait a minute, answering questions that nobody's, nobody's asking, asking. That's nobody's what asking. Was, sorry, mm. where have you been, and therefore
0: nobody's answering because mm. they're not being asked? Hello, true, who's on first? <laughs> Allison doesn't know <laughs> I don't, that, I don't get ah. it either.
1: What, what's that? That's one? That's your
0: homework. Oh, my. There's okay. Abbott and Costello, who's on first. You, you that
1: sounds so familiar. You don't
2: know Abbott and Costello.
1: I think, I think I've think heard.
2: Pioneers of, of comedy. Of
1: comedy. I, th- I feel like I heard a reference to them like literally today or yesterday. So. Well, where yeah. <laughs> <glad you're> <laughs> but
2: where have you been? Yeah. Oh, We're glad you're here.
0: But where have you been?
1: Sorry. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, we
0: are in rare form today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something in this water. Weird,
1: it's a weird vibe in here today, guys. But um, let's just get started. Jump into it. We got a lightning round to get through.
2: It's fast.
1: So, PT, hmm. does a parent tell their children that their other parent is not a believer? And if the answer is yes, at what point or age should they tell them?
2: Wow. Well, that's a long question. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. And I'm going to have a really short answer.
1: What?
2: <laughs> but let me preface the answer by saying that we are looking at these issues through the lens of Scripture, just saying. Correct. And that specifically, even today, uh, a lot of the discussion, a lot of the answers, while Scripture will have uh, fueled the answers, I, I think it's like experience along with Scripture, along with knowledge. You know, it's not going to be just necessarily driven by Scripture. So I just I throw that out there. But uh, the answer to the question of does a parent tell the children that the other parent is not a believer, I think is no. Hmm. Now, the reason I say no is because I would not want a child to think ill of a parent. Hmm. You know, and it seems like... Um, to, to come out and say that to a child would almost set parents, you know, on different sides, which right. it should never be that way. Um, you know, you should, not, you should not build up one parent and then tear down another, that type of thing. So if children ask, you got to tell the truth, right? I mean, if, right. A, if a child says, hey, why is mommy why doesn't mommy go to church with us or why doesn't daddy go to church with or or even if they do go to church together, why are, are they a believer? Are they, you got to be honest about it, tell the truth. Um, and in, in my mind that works by, uh, parents coming together, still come together, sit down with children and say, you know, you know, mommy believes, uh, in God and has a spiritual relationship and daddy doesn't. And here's why. I mean, uh, I, I don't think that you just come right out and say, listen, I'm a believer, but that, that other parent of yours, they're not. Because mm-hmm. I just feel like that pits one against the other, and I don't know that that's very helpful.
1: Mm-hmm. What
2: do you think? Because you're giving me the eye right now.
1: <laughs> I'm not trying to give you the no, eye. You're
2: giving me the eye.
1: <laughs> I I think I disagree with you.
2: Okay. I, I think... knew you were giving me the eye for a reason.
1: <laughs> I, was, it was, I was not trying to give you the eye, but I'm sorry if I did. Um, I think that children, especially if they are, um, saved themselves, that they should be aware of the spiritual reality of things and be able to pray Mm -hmm. for their parent, um, for that end. Um, especially if the other parent who is a Christian is raising them based on Christian values. Mm -hmm. I mean, Christianity is based, um, on a worldview that classifies people into two groups, those who are saved and those who aren't saved. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important for kids to understand the implications of that. And in doing so, give them a more mature understanding of God and um, his plan of salvation, Mm -hmm. um, why it's so important and why they need to make every effort possible to even evangelize to their parents. Sure.
2: Uh all of that is good,
0: but what does that conversation mm-hmm. look like look how like, does yeah. how does that i
1: think it I think it also really just depends on the age of the child too well
0: and, and it it comes down to intent mm-hmm. too um you know are your intentions to sort of paint your spouse mm-hmm. in a negative way yeah um and that could create you know some other tension, mm-hmm. obviously, but if you're doing it in the way that you're saying, you know to let them know you know we need to pray for this person because, you know, yeah. um, they're not, they're not sure that they believe in, in, in God and Jesus. And so we need to pray for that. Yeah. I think it comes back down to intent as well. Right.
1: And if, and if the believing parent is in the right place with, in terms of um, their relationship with God, then it won't be coming from a place of um, deceit or trying to appear more spiritually mature than their spouse or um, put them down or anything. I think it it should come from a place of uh, understanding the implications of what happens to someone if they're not saved, because mm-hmm. this is really life and death. Like, it's it's a big deal.
2: Yeah, I, I I don't want to leave the impression that I would never broach that situation. Yeah, you know, I just think that it's all about context and and and, and intent and situation circumstance um, all the things you, you mentioned are obviously crucially important things. I just think, I just think in my mind about, you know, the, the, the context of that conversation and how that looks like. I mean, if you're talking about a you know, four-year-old child, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's a different conversation than a 12-year-old. Yeah, child. yeah definitely. Uh, and, and I think too, um, depends on the, the, uh, strength of the relationship between the two parents you know i think that has to be at least part of the uh conversation is you know how how strong is that relationship and and i i know people uh that husband and wife are just incredibly strong couple but they're not both believers but but they are together a strong couple and i think that would make a big difference in how you would Approach, uh, hmm. approach, to saying, who is and who isn't. I, I, I think my initial, my initial thought though was on the no. That my answer being no was based on, you know, it, I, I would not want one parent to try to, you know. Pit themselves right. and the children against another parent, mm-hmm. um, because I don't think that gets us anywhere. Yeah, you but almost, you're right. All the things that you mentioned are are good and right. Yeah, I would not disagree
0: you with you. You almost of that. create a situation where, and we've talked about like uh, with the husband and wife. You know, it's not love your wife if it's not right, respect yeah. your husband if, and it's not honor your mother and father if, mm-hmm. and that kind of almost opens that up to a place where, oh, well, he's... If my dad's not a you know, a believer or if my mom's not a believer, then I don't have to listen to what yeah. they say mm. kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that your thing, PT, um, would be if in an ideal situation, it would be coming from a place of what my answer was. Yes. But in, in yeah. a twisted situation and in a not-so-ideal situation, it would be from the perspective that you gave. Well, I think, I think the struggle,
2: yeah. the challenge is... is and maybe I'm just being too generic about it, but the challenge is it's it's a twisted situ- situation since the garden.
1: Yeah, mm. yeah. You
2: know, I mean, since the garden, we've we've not been in the ideal mm-hmm. ideal situation. I use <laughs> air, air quotes. Use air quotes <laughs> again. Um, and so it's it's a very difficult situation. I think that has to be navigated based on all these different dynamics that are going on, because I do think. If it's not handled right, and I don't, again, I don't know if you'll agree with me or disagree. If it's not handled right, it'll do more damage than good. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you can uh, bring a unbelieving parent to the saving knowledge of Christ if you don't handle that situation right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it could it could cause a greater divide, mm-hmm. which you don't want that. And so I I, I agree that in an ideal situation, um, we, we would... Communicate that to our children, like you said, so they can pray for the parent, so they could uh, you know maybe even share the gospel with the parent, depending on uh, that particular dynamic but i i don 't know how many ideal situations that there are, mm-hmm. uh, thanks to great 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 grandpa and Grandma Adam and Eve, and what they did. Mm-hmm. I know there's more greats in there than just the great 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 but
1: yeah i think uh, I think too the the danger kind of in <clears throat> Not um, Not telling your child would be um, them having to figure that out by themselves and kind of feeling isolated in, in that scenario and maybe not feeling like they can ask questions and um, understand why um, if it's not communicated to them uh, clearly. I can see that happening in certain family situations. Sure,
2: but, but I guess I, the question I would come back on is, I mean, are, are you talking about a four-year-old, mm-hmm. or you're talking about a fourteen-year-old? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that it would it would be that way with a four-year-old. It could be, you know, with a with a twelve-year-old, fourteen-year-old, somebody that has a little bit more reasoning about them and thinking about those situations. And and so I'm not trying to I'm not trying to squash, you know, your your opinion about it at all. Mm-hmm. I I think it's it's valid. And I don't know that any of us on this particular, on some of these issues, have the answer. Right. But I do think it's, it's a lot of context and a lot of dynamics, a lot of nuances that just have to be uh, aligned, you know, for it to, for it to be effective and, and get the kind of result that we want. But all the reasons that you, you mentioned, again, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, argue with any of that. Yeah. Mm-mm.
1: So um, next question is... Uh, in Luke, after Jesus uh, resurrected, he appeared before two of his followers, but they don't recognize him at first. Um, why is that? And is there uh, any religious significance to that?
2: I, I have some answers here that I would like to maybe go through, but I'm curious if if one of you two have a thought about why that was. Why We're talking about the road to Emmaus, mm-hmm. the two disciples, they were they're. Uh, labeled in the scripture as disciples. So they were believers Mm -hmm. in Jesus. Um, And so Jesus appears to them, but they don't recognize him. Let's just take that much of the question and say, why, why didn't they, why didn't they recognize him?
1: I think it, it might possibly have to do with the fact that he's in a glorified state now that he's resurrected. I mean, um,
0: trimmed his beard up a little.
1: <laughs> he, he, I mean, he literally defeated death. So yeah. like, I mean, it, it wouldn't be surprising that he looks a little different, right. but also just the fact that they did not understand, they could not fully understand what he was doing until after it had happened. And it is only God who can open someone's eyes to, to that truth mm-hmm. and, uh, reveal that to them. So that might've been an example of his sovereignty in doing so, or even just the fulfillment of something that no one understood until after it had happened. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I, uh, again, I, I don't know that there is
1: one answer, an answer to yeah. this.
2: I, I know this, that they, they were not expecting him.
1: Yeah. Right? right? Yeah.
2: I mean, they had heard all the eyewitness accounts and, and and even says to him later in that scripture, you know, haven't you heard about all the stuff that's going on? Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus, feigning ignorance, says, what stuff? You know, like he didn't know. <laughs> uh, and I think it kind of proves the point that, these guys were not looking for Jesus. They, they, Even
1: though Jesus had told them that he was coming back.
2: I, I, yeah. I think, and I said this yesterday in, in my message, we we got to quit just taking surface uh, understanding of Scripture and start really digging because there's so many things to learn in that passage about, about those two fellows from Emmaus that, that we should learn something from. You know, they, they were disciples who had heard the eyewitness accounts. They were disciples that obviously followed Jesus, but yet was not expecting him, was not looking for him, and here comes this person, and they can't. Whether it's the glorified body or whether it was the fact that they saw this guy on the cross and saw the damage that mm-hmm. was done to his physical body, and thought even if he rose from the dead, we're looking for somebody that looks right. gory, yeah. you yeah. know. And and for whatever those reasons were, they were not looking in the right place at the right time for the right thing. Um, until Jesus, later in, in that passage, Jesus opens the scriptures to them. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, even the Bible tells us, I think it was Romans 10, 17, you know, that faith comes by hearing. Mm-hmm. And so these guys who don't recognize Jesus, don't see, don't see him as the Messiah, then he begins to share the scriptures with them. And then suddenly their hearts.
1: Yeah, are open yeah. to the truth.
2: So it went from head to heart, right? Yeah. It wasn't just about their heads. It was their heart now. Mm-hmm. Oh, didn't, didn't we feel something warm you know when he, when he began to do that? And so I, I think it's interesting that the the questioner, the listener, who's been with us since the beginning, where have the rest of you been? <laughs> um, I think it's interesting that he phrased the question, or they <laughs> phrased the question uh, <laughs> that it, it was a stranger. And he he wants to know why Jesus chose to appear to strangers, but they weren't really strangers, yeah, they were followers of Christ yeah. that's what the scripture says uh, Luke chapter twenty four behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem, and they talked together of all the things which had happened, so it was a while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were restrained it the Bible says, so that they did not know him mm-hmm. now you know, did, did God supernaturally restrain them or was it that they weren't looking for it? And, and they really kind of, kind of chained themselves up until Jesus begins to reveal the scriptures to them. So, uh, they, they were disciples who, who believed in Jesus. They just didn't believe the eyewitness accounts. And so they weren't looking for him. Uh, they're discouraged or disappointed because they thought Jesus was going to come and be this mighty King delivering them from Rome. And that didn't happen. Um, and instead, they, they missed the suffering Savior and, and what he did, you know, to really redeem them. They just, they weren't even looking for that. And so here here's a couple of parallels that I just kind of penciled down. Actually, I typed them down on my computer. <laughs> uh, they were thinking with their heads and not their hearts. That's what Allison already made mention of. Uh, Jesus was there the whole time, but they were looking with physical eyes at what, they saw rather than with a spiritual uh, look They maybe they didn't recognize him because of what they saw the condition on the cross was, and they were looking for a conquering king and they missed a suffering savior. I mean, I, I don't think I don't think the point of that passage is that he appeared to strangers. So I I, I would redirect that and say he appeared to people that knew him, mm-hmm. he appeared to disciples that followed him, but yet they weren't ready to see. Uh, this suffering Savior, they were they were just looking for something else. And so um, that's kind of where I come from. And then when, like I said, he opens up the scriptures and their eyes are open and they, they see that it's him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe they, they just needed time. Maybe the sun was just so bright <laughs> that they just needed time for their eyes the to adjust. sun,
1: S-O-N exactly. or S-U-N?
0: Exactly.
2: <laughs> Maybe they hadn't been listening the whole season. Ooh, where have they been?
1: That was good. That was good. Yeah. Does that make, I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, Yeah. As far as. Different theories. Yeah. Just really just, it's one of those things where we just, we take it within the context of scripture and other stories that we've heard. Like, um, when God opens someone's eyes to the truth, uh, um, and we, we run with that because, I mean, it's just one of those things that's not explicitly stated, but right. we have to interpret scripture with scripture. Yeah. It's not, we we can't pull out our own meaning from it, but we have to look at it within the context of the passage yeah. and uh, interpret it that way. Well, I think
2: that's been part of the problem for thousands of years. Yeah. And, and, you know, some, some of these um, questions and, and like, let's just go to the book of, of the revelation of Jesus Christ and all the different ways that people have interpreted and, Mm. and looked at that. And and let's just take this particular one about the the two guys on the road to Emmaus. Um, In the end, and I don't mean this condescending in any way, shape or form. And I do know the person that sent this question in and I know that they uh, understand where I'm coming from. So I just want everybody else to know I'm not being condescending, but when it comes to, to this kind of an issue, this is not a heaven and hell issue. What I think about the two guys that are on the road to Emmaus, yeah. and right. how yeah. they saw uh, i am not. It's, if I'm wrong, if what I just said for the last seven minutes was wrong, I don't think when I get to heaven that God's going to say, "You right. remember that podcast you did, yeah. and you said that this is why those guys didn't recognize Jesus." Well, that was wrong, and you're going. Well, have I've been s- listening since season yeah. <laughs> one, and-, <laughs> and I don't have to say to the Lord, "Where have you been?" Because yeah. He's been there all along. Oh, amen. Sure, exactly.
0: Amen. <laughs> and I'm sure the point you're getting at also is that between one another, it's okay, and it's interesting to talk about and debate. Yeah. But should that cause a rift between yeah. us because we disagree but that's on a, this passage? But it has, passage? and it has yeah. down through
2: the years. just like, you know, people like pre demic age, where the dinosaurs come from, you know, all these, all these other things Did you know, angels of God uh, be with the, the uh, human beings and all— It's like it's all good as far as Mm -hmm. we can talk about it, and we may not agree on it, but I think in the end, I'm supposed to believe in Jesus as my Savior, and that's what gets me to heaven, not whether I think uh, the uh, stiff-necked, (laughs) long-nosed guys that were on top of the mountain in Exodus, whatever, you know, came (laughs) down. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Does that make sense? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it does.
1: It does. Mm -hmm. There are um, first-tier issues like uh, the Trinity and— the doctrine of salvation, the atonement, um, Christ's work on the cross, things like this that are essential to being a Christian. But then we come to secondary issues like, um, believers versus infant baptism, your view of eschatology or the end times, um, and things like that, that we really, I mean, it's good. It's good to have conversations on it, but, We cannot ever let it keep us from uh, being one as the capital C church. Right.
0: right. What Uh, is it you say? Opinions. uh,
2: uh, I have convictions, convictions, uh, uh, beliefs, Beliefs and opinions. opinions. Yeah. 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 Conviction, I'll die for. Jesus is the only son of God, the only way to get to heaven, put a gun to my head and tell me I have to change my mind or you're shooting, then shoot, because right. I'm going to die for that conviction. Right. And then I have some beliefs. I believe that these guys didn't recognize Jesus, <laughs> right, because they weren't looking for Jesus. I'm not going to die for that. Right. I'll fight you for it, but I'm not going to die for that. And And then we have opinions, and opinions, I think, is the problem here is that we've elevated opinions to convictions. Yeah. And and that's that's become a real a, a real challenge to bring unity amongst believers. And and to go along with what you said Allison, and it's, I don't remember who said it originally, but in essentials unity you know, let's agree on the essential things. In non-essentials, liberty, let's let's discuss it and give a little bit of leeway, but in all things, charity, or in all things, love. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, the Bible says, as, as much as it depends mm-hmm. on you, live peaceably among all people, as, long, as much as it depends on you. Mm-hmm. So we, we've got convictions, and we've got beliefs, and then we've got opinions, uh, and, and I think that uh, th- this kind of goes into the realm of maybe an opinion. An
1: opinion, yeah. You know? Yeah. That's good. So um, same scenario. I mean, same basic question, different scenario. Later on in Luke um, chapter 24, whenever um, Jesus is breaking bread with the disciples, it isn't until they begin to break bread that their eyes are opened and they recognize Jesus as who he is. Mm -hmm. So why do you think, is your answer different for that or... The same.
2: I think it's it's close to the same. I think that Jesus revealed Himself to them during a common meal. When it t- says they're breaking bread, they're not t- talking about communion, right? I mean, this is just a common meal that they're having. They're breaking bread. They're they're having a meal together, and and again, I, I just I I find myself more and more digging a little deeper into the meaning of Scripture, and, and I think it's it's that we should look for. Uh, Jesus in the common things. I mean, uh, why did it? Why at that moment they broke bread? Did their eyes become open? I, I, spiritual blindness is our natural state. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I know some people would probably disagree with that, and and it sometimes uh, uh, shows us how we can just walk through life just just blinded, and miss out on all of the signals that God is sending us. Uh, and and again, I think part of that was at play here with these guys, the the two disciples, and Jesus starts by giving them some scripture, breaking it down. And I wished I would been at that conference with them. If you think about, it, here's Jesus breaking down the scriptures to these two disciples on the road to Emmaus. What a what an incredible conversation that must have been. But but then you know he he decides he's going to go a different way. They say, hey, why don't you just come on and let's, let's have a meal together. And then when they go and they break bread, that's when they really realize, oh, that's, this is who it is. Uh, again, a lot of different parallels there. I think the longer we spend time with Jesus, the more we know who he is. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's what I glean from, from that. Um, but also I think when, when Jesus breaks the bread of life— the Word of God with us. I mean that. I think that helps us to um, uh, maybe be not as spiritually blind as as is what's natural for too many of us.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's good. So when she
2: says that's good twice, that means all right. Be quiet. We're <laughs> moving on.
0: That means it's really good. <laughs>
1: This is the lightning round.
2: Mm, I know. I know. Um, Listen, I've been here since season one. Okay.
1: Oh, are you saying we haven't?
2: No, you have Where's everybody else been? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. It's all, right. all good. All move, good. Move on.
1: So um, on the cross, why does Jesus say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Uh, what do you think is the theological meaning of that?
2: Well, uh, you know, it is it is a prophetic saying from from the Psalm Psalm twenty two. Uh, some people say that you know he probably said it to to confirm that to, to for it to have been a prophecy fulfilled. Uh, Matthew twenty seven forty six about ninth hour Jesus cries with a loud voice, you know, and that is to say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, a fulfillment of Psalm twenty two one, and here's again the parallels. That's just kind of drawn between that. Uh, it's difficult to understand when Jesus says "forsaken." That word "forsaken" seems to be where the tension is at, and all that. How could you know? How could God turn away from? Or because it's certain that God approved what Jesus was doing, right? It's when Jesus in the garden, listen. If it's if possible, I want this cup to pass from me, but not my will. Thy will be done. God's will was for Jesus to come to redeem. Uh, lost mankind. It's certain that God approved that. It's certain that Jesus was a spotless lamb. There's no question about that. Um, So I think we have to look at at a scripture that is in 2 Corinthians 5 21. It says, God made him, Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. Mm -hmm. And so the manifestation of that kind of sin, Jesus becoming sin for us, I think is where where God has to say, okay, you know, this this is the moment. This is where it's happening, and uh, the forsaken part is not that God left, uh, and turned away from. I don't think. I, I think the forsaken part is, okay, this is the manifestation of of all of this uh, prophecy and the, and the redemptive story and the redemption that comes to mankind, and uh, and I think it was God's way of saying, I can't look at this, but. But he had to, you know, he approved it. You know that he orchestrated it. This was the plan from the beginning. And so I don't, I don't, I think we get hung up on that word forsaken. And in, in our world, of course, forsaken takes on a whole different meaning. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's what, I don't think God forsook Jesus. I think he did have to turn away because Jesus became uh, sin for all of mankind. And so, um, you know I think that's that's what that was about and and for us to realize uh, again take uh, taking it just a little deeper than just the surface is to realize that Isaiah was right when he said, "When I have iniquity in my heart, he turns his face away from me mm-hmm. i mean that's that's what happens, and I think that's what happened here that God didn't leave i mean if i if I have sin in my life right now, God has not forsaken me, he's waiting for me to say. <laughs> You know, God, forgive me of, of, of that sin. Um, and so I, I don't think it's a, it's a question of, like, leaving geography-wise. I just think it's a, 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 the, the symbolism, if you will, and I know it was more than symbolism, but just of, of God kind of turning away at that moment where Christ had become sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. What do you think?
1: I think uh, a lot of people often don't know or even just forget that it was the wrath of God that was being satisfied on the cross. Um, Jesus didn't die to, um, appease some sort of like mystical evil in the world. It was God in his perfection and holiness gave us the standard to meet justly. So cause he is just, and we broke it mm-hmm. and we owe him something. He, he has the authority to kill us because we deserve it. We deserve to die. And, um, Jesus, Jesus, he became sin who knew no sin. Like you said, Uh, even in Isaiah 53, they, uh, he's called the man of sorrows, even though he is God in the flesh. Like that's such a it seems like it's such a contradiction because why would God ever be a man of sorrow mm-hmm. but that's I think that's the reason mm-hmm. he just he took on our pain and our suffering and um, and in that his divinity and humanity was just climaxed, i guess you could say yeah,
2: yeah, I agree with you i mean yeah. it's it's uh yesterday we mentioned the fact that some that that god's justice at times has to subordinate itself to God's mercy and that was all made possible by what Christ did. You know, I mean the the simple fact that we uh like you said God God could kill us and we deserve it. But he doesn't, especially when you know when we cry out, you know, God help me. I'm you know, I'm a sinner. I I need help here. And I think that at that moment when the justice of God subordinates itself to the mercy of God because of what Christ did, And I think all of that culminated in that intense moment, whether it was five seconds or or a millisecond, I don't know, when God did say, you know, there that is sin and I can't even look at it. But it wasn't again, I I don't think it was a separation. It was just that he couldn't look at it. Hmm. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah.
2: I hope it does.
1: Yeah. If it doesn't, where have you been? It does. Um, so how do you think, this is a tip for, for parents out there, how do you get your children to be excited about scripture?
2: Parents should get excited about scripture. Uh, that's
1: good. <laughs> right? That's good. Yeah. Right?
2: because mm-hmm. yeah. some things are better caught than taught. Mm. Um and if a parent's not excited about Scripture, don't expect your children to be excited mm-hmm. about Scripture. Yeah. Uh, we're told in Deuteronomy chapter six, it's called the Shema, the Shema, Shema. Uh, in, in Israel. O Israel, hear the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your soul, with all of your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Teach them diligently to your children. The only way you can teach diligently is if you yourself are excited about what you're teaching. And so I think the the you make scripture exciting by being excited about it. I think secondly, have high expectation that your children will be excited about the scripture. I think I know in my own experience as a father sometimes I would say things and you know, I could almost feel myself withdrawing when I'd say them because i like, oh, I hope they understood you know, what that was about. Or hope... No, just have the high expectation uh, about, about being excited about Scripture. Um, I, I did a very formal uh, bit of research today on this question. I asked my grandchildren, mm-hmm. what would make Scripture more exciting for you? And my oldest <laughs> grandson, Jonas, said, make it a video game.
1: And my
2: youngest grandson, Keegan, said, make it funny. (laughs) And I was like, I'm not really sure we can do either one of those. (laughs) I'm not sure about that. But here's what I I do know, is there's too many parents that are depending on the church to make it exciting for their children. Hmm. And the problem with that is, is is if you're just feeding children on Sunday and Wednesday, they're going to be hungry those other days of the week. And they're going to fill that hunger with something. Yeah whether it's scripture or something else. So I think a parent needs to be excited about it. I think that they can make learning fun, just like you'd make any kind of learning fun. Uh, And and then the last thing I would, my suggestion, and again, I don't know about these other two people that are in the room with me, make sure you're reading a translation that's understandable for them. You know, I, I... and I know that this is controversial for me to even say this, but I don't think reading the King James version of the Bible to your three-year-old is going to help them. I don't think so. It's just my opinion, and I'm entitled to that. Um, I'm not going to fight you for You're not it. Going to fight for I'm, it. Not I'm not it. You're going, going to go die for it. <laughs> for it. I'm just giving you that opinion. <laughs> yeah. That uh, there's a lot of translations out there, and I know this is not the subject for the for today. I get it. But I I think we have better Rosetta Stones today. Than we had 600 years ago, mm-hmm. and I think that, I think there are some translations out there today that are more understandable and
1: more accurate, more accurate. Yeah,
2: so true that. I'll leave it at that. True that. If you don't like what I just said, send your nasty emails to uh AllisonGardner <laughs> <laughs> at gmail dot com.
1: That's not actually my email. Well,
2: that's that's exactly why I said it.
1: Because <laughs> then
2: it goes out into the never world.
1: Into the never into the <laughs> into the oblivion. Mm. Um yeah, I I think that um making it into song can be really fun. Absolutely. Just yeah. like Having it, especially the Psalms, uh, specifically, uh, because s- they're meant to be sung. So seeing them with your kids, just talking about them all the time. Like you quoted from Deuteronomy, but, um, it specifically talks about like, just talk yep. about it all yep. the time. Like, how yep. does this world issue apply to this life's, this biblical passage? Mm-hmm. Why do we believe this about, um, life, mm-hmm. um, just different things like that, and be intentional about memorizing scripture. Like we, we, I think we so often just get little, little spurts of um, biblical wisdom in our lives here and there, and we never take the time to meditate on entire passages or chapters and in, in altogether. Um, so many people just put little verses on coffee mugs and call it a day. But whenever we're intentional about memorizing like specific passages of scripture, I think that can be really, really valuable to kids.
0: I think about the time that you were doing, we were doing powerhouse live after Mm -hmm. this is when, you know, we were still in the thick of, of COVID and doing just live streaming only. Yeah. And after uh, the sermon, we would go into Powerhouse Live, which is just, was just for the kids. Yeah. And I remember you, Allison, you brought, I'm you um, assuming it was your brother's Batman toy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And some no, other, that was sort of,
0: <laughs> Some sort of other figure. But I mean, we that's, did. that's the kind of things that we can do to make it more fun and entertaining and yeah. tell a story that pertains to the Bible, yeah. you know, by I using know, things. I know we're almost
2: things. done, but let me, just, let me just throw That's this good. out there. What do you guys think about rewards?
1: Oh, Ooh. like um, I remember Awana mm-hmm. and stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. man. And like, but that, I mean, it worked. Yeah. It really did. It really worked. You would, the kids would memorize scripture and get prizes for it. But, you know, rewards are great and stuff. Um, and I think they do work. But even just making sure they know what the significance is? Like, why do we memorize scripture? But yeah,
2: yep, that's my answer. Yeah, you're sticking to it. Sticking to it. Let's give them some reward. Or-
1: yeah, that's good. That's good. All right. Well, she
2: said it twice. I mean, I said it was it really it twice. good. No, she said it twice. That means <laughs> shut up. Oh
1: my goodness. Hey, you're that's just a
2: producer lingo. You're just, listen. When I say it twice,
1: <laughs> you are interpreting your own meaning mm. into my words.
2: Ooh. And and we do and that, don't we?
1: That's wrong.
2: That is wrong. That's caused splits and churches, even.
1: Yes, it? it really has. So don't do that.
2: Whoa, whoa! Heard that?
1: <laughs> don't do it. I think you she could, even had her hand on her she hip. Did have <laughs> her <laughs> hand on her hip, and
2: her her head kind of did the whole you know twisting thing there.
1: Twisting thing. Um, but yeah, uh, that was really good. Thank you guys so much for joining us this season. Um, I think I had a really good time. Uh, talking about these issues i think it was really really needed really significant and i hope it was um rewarding and uh fruitful for for you all as well so please uh don't forget to give us your feedback rate us on apple podcasts and give us a review that really helps and uh we will see you next time for season four season four
0: coming up and be Ooh. on the lookout for merch. Merch, merch. it's Possible coming merch soon. Coming. And
2: if you haven't been with us, go back and listen to all of it. Yes. Yeah.
1: Backs and and like them and download them because if you download them, it's better for the circulation of it, isn't yes, it? Yes, absolutely.
2: Yeah. We yeah. get better traction. We'll when get down. We'll get another badge. Yes.
1: <laughs> Podbean. And
2: that's what we're in it
0: for. The <laughs> all badges. The badges. Rewards. 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 There you go. Yeah. <laughs> we'll keep doing it.
1: <laughs> but um, thank you guys so much for for sticking with us, and uh, we will see you then.
2: Bye.